Stop Ramage. Today, I am chatting with my friend, Oscar Yohead. Oscar is co-owner of CrossFit Manis. He opened six and a half years ago. He also has another gym, CrossFit Sikla, which I always pronounce incorrectly. We'll talk more about that. He is a two-brain mentor, as well as a CrossFit seminar staff member. So he's been doing um, courses for CrossFit for some time. We'll probably talk on that. And uh, before that, this dude was a corporate banker for 15 years. And we're definitely going to have to jump into that because I just can't see it. Welcome to the show, Oscar. It's awesome to talk to you. Thank you very much. Why can't you see me as a banker? <laughs> While you're wearing, okay, we're going to start with this. I wasn't going to start with this. While you're wearing your rainbow unicorn shirt, um, and the, the beauty of this is I first met Oscar almost three years ago, I think, two and a half more or more year, three, almost three years ago in, um, in, uh, in Sweden, of all things. And Oscar comes running up, super smiley, and he's wearing the most epic shirt, and it's the shirt you're wearing. What is that kismet? Is that, what is that like, just random? That is crazy. Yeah, it says CrossFit beneath. It's got the, the unicorns in rainbow color. It's incredible. It caught my eye the first day. I'm like, that is an incredible shirt. So um, I don't think you remember that conversation. You didn't choose that shirt today, did you? For that reason. No, uh, it was literally on top. So that's how I dress myself in the morning. I'll just pick whatever clothes is on top. And I literally dress color-wise like the rainbow, depending on what order my shirts, <laughs> pants, underwear, socks are on so this is purely coincidental that's i like it that's uh that that just means that this was meant to be today so i'm very excited about that so we started on the right foot so a lot is going to happen in this podcast folks hang on to your britches because we are going to have some amazing stuff to talk about so oscar you have quite the um the list of things you've done here i i've been to your your flagship gym your first gym crossfit medis and um it's incredible. It's in a bunker. I had a really great time uh, there. You run an excellent show, my man. Excellent. Thank you. Well, yeah, the reason why I uh, it's working well is because we got awesome staff taking care of it. So me and Carl, who I opened it with, we're awesome at sticking stuff in machinery and breaking stuff. So we have staff making sure that we keep our fingers out of the cookie jar. So it's running well. We had a good vision. I think we got a good mission. We got d solid values. Uh, when it comes to like running the, the, the details of a gym, uh, we have unfortunately come to the point where we can hire people that are way better than we are. That is a recurring. I, I, I can't tell you enough how much that recurs when I'm talking to gym owners that I see as successful, really successful. They're like, oh, we hire, we hire, we have the best staff. That's what it's all about. It's all about your staff. And I remember when we visited you, it was you. Even though you guys were there guiding us and talking to us, like a staff member would come across, and it was like a big deal. We we would talk with them, we'd learn about them, and it was obviously that obvious that that's a part of the culture that you created, which I think is incredible. Um, and your your partner co owner with Carl, Carl is a great dude as well. So if you guys you guys have been together in business for six and a half years. Yes, correct. Yeah. So Carl and I actually, we grew up like we had uh, summer houses, like vacation houses in the same area growing up. Like we're not from the same 
part of Stockholm, but we're from Stockholm. So we had like, like a summer house. So we ran around the same area while growing up, like in the summers. And then we, uh, you know, just grew apart, like for probably uh, the 20 years, I guess, or something. And then we bumped into each other in 2014 or 13, maybe. And then uh, magic happened, as they say. Boom. Yes, magic happened. You guys are um, both really incredible humans. I love spending time with you. It's always been really fun. So let's let's step back. Oh, oh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Ah, 15 years as a banker, suit, tie, smiling, or maybe not smiling. <laughs> no. Uh, well, uh, uh, once a year when we got bonuses, we, we smiled, but that was essentially it. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. So I, you know, I have a background in, in finance and computer science, uh, got master's degrees in those. Then I went into corporate business from, um, essentially well, I started when going to university and then I spent 15 years, uh, helping, you know, for the majority of the part, I was helping multinational corporations with uh, managing their liquidity. And then I spent a few years working on, uh, foreign exchange, so helping them deal with their their uh, currency exposures from wow. multinational trade. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So you were helping the rich get richer, right? Yes. <laughs> and I'm not gonna go down that road, but like, talk about a 180 degree turn from owning a CrossFit gym, becoming a CrossFit seminar staff. Um, becoming a two brain mentor. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a completely different turn. I, I want to get there. First of all, how did you get into CrossFit as a, as a banker? Let's, let's go there. At Level Method, we're constantly searching for ways to make your life as a gym owner easier. And that's why we created our social media service that makes you look like you're putting in tons of hours or paying someone an arm and a leg. Get six professional themed text and image posts each week, four weeks at a time. Check out levelmethod.com slash social for more info. Yeah, right. So my background was ice hockey. I was a pretty decent ice hockey player growing up. Or like I played a high junior level back here in Sweden um, until I was 20, 20 plus, oh, wow. 21, 22. So, so I, yeah, I played, I've had the great, fortune of playing with some really good Swedish players and international as well. So uh, that was my background and I quit when I was like 22 maybe. And then in, and we had a lot of Russian uh, coaches. So we did a lot of gym uh, gymnastics and, and weightlifting, you know, mixed modal stuff. We did, obviously it wasn't called CrossFit back then, but that was the type of stuff I was used to doing like off season. And then in 20. Uh, 07 or 08, I was called in to like play a soccer game. I played soccer going up as well because I had buddies and like lower leagues, like, hey, we need someone to fill in. I'm like, yep, I'll do it. Jumped in like four minutes in the game, I tore my ACL the day before our vacation started. So my then girlfriend, now wife, was super stoked. Uh, yeah. So I then, then I ran into a buddy, an old buddy on the street, and he was working as a personal trainer. Uh, and he was like, well, this is, just, um, you know, he was an MMA guy. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm working out at this MMA gym and we're doing CrossFit there. And CrossFit is going to be great for 
your rehab for the, for the, you know, after the surgery. So I'm like, cool. So I, and he told me what they were doing. I'm like, yeah, that's what we did when we were growing up essentially in the summers. So I thought that they, that was in, uh, in 08, I think maybe on 08 or 09. So I thought that they had a, a, a concept called CrossFit. I didn't know that there was a brand back then. So, and I fell in love right away. I, you know, I got smashed. I thought I was going to crush everyone. Right. The first, it was, it, it was funny. You know, the first workout I ever did was uh, eight rounds for a time. It was 400 meter run and 50 air squats. And I'm like, dude, I can squat 455 pounds for like reps in like flip-flops. And I can, I can, I'm a decent runner for like 400. So I just, I three, two, one, go. I took it to you know, my 400 and or maybe like my 410 meter pace at the four, first 400 came in, did 49 fast lightning fast air squats and then couldn't get out of the bottom on the 50th <laughs> and then i'm like what's going on here i'm like yeah, i'm stud and then like everyone was passing me i remember them like hey that dude is old and she's a girl and he is like weak and i'm like they're crushing me i'm like what's going on here and i finished the workout was destroyed couldn't go to work the day after because my legs were destroyed and i'm like yes i like this stuff right so that was Oh uh, eight or nine. So I fell in love with CrossFit because that was the type of stuff I had been kind of doing before. Right. And then, so doing CrossFit. And then in 2012, we went down to Zambia to adopt our daughter. Uh, she was three months old then. And we were, yeah. And the rules were we had to stay there for three months and then, you know, done deal, get a stamp in the passport and fly home because she was an orphan. So there was no way that anyone could like claim her, but you know, the loss that we have to be there for three months to like go through paperwork. Cool. And before going there, they told us that you're probably going to have sketchy internet at best and TV. So bring a lot of books to read. And I had then fell fell on CrossFit. So I downloaded everything from the CrossFit journal. Like, oh, and wow. I have, so yeah, I had to, my life, I don't understand how my wife can still be with me, but I had to get up in the middle of the night to like start download stuff because the internet connection cut off back then. So I had to, because I was downloading everything, all the videos and articles and everything. So I filled a entire, uh, uh, you know, external hard drive with everything from like 02 to like 2011 or 2012, actually Wow. everything. So, so, cause I wanted to have something to do, right? Cause you no. Know, and then, uh, yeah, it was going to be like three months. And then it eventually turned into 11 months. Oh, so you were in Zambia for almost a year. Yes. And we didn't really know if we were ever going to get home. So we were going to be there for three months. And then just for so three months, it was like vacation. Like we went on, on safaris. It was great. New culture. People super friendly. Like Zambia is one of the poorest countries in the world. Like, like 25%-ish were HIV positive and like 60 or 70% were living below poverty line and like 50% were below the, the poverty, extreme poverty line or something. Super, super uh, poor country. But they've never had uh, any, any uh, civil wars or anything. So super friendly people. Uh, so we enjoyed that three months. It was amazing, right? Going to court and then so, so my wife had read, like the law paragraph just essentially said like, yeah, you, you have to be for three months, but if a Zambian wants to adopt a foreign kid, that kid has to be in the country for 12 months, but it's like in, in the reverse order, right? So it had to be the other way around. 
So we get to court, we're not defending ourselves or we're not there for ourselves because it's like the social services against the state of Zambia. Like there's, there's, there's no one else to argue with. But essentially the magistrate's like, well, yeah, you seem to be awesome parents. We've seen, you know, you've done everything that's expected of us. However, the law requires you to be after 12 months to come back in nine, done deal. We're like, uh, what? And we couldn't talk because we were not allowed because we were not technically there. It was social services. Right. And they were, they were so, they had such a high respect for, for authority. So they didn't like argue with them. They're like, oh, okay, that's, that's not cool. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, no, it works. It's just like, it's it a, oops, you know, no. Hey, see, that's two or three more weeks of vacation. Then you're going to be out. And that essentially just got worse and worse. Like we had like an organization that was going to help us that we, you know, that we paid quite a decent amount to. And they all of a sudden like, well, yeah, we're not technically there to help you. We're just there to like facilitate, you know, so we're, we can't really step in the law here. We're like, well, we don't know anyone here. Well, they just left essentially on our own here. So yeah, that started just a trickle down story of everything just happening. Like they were uh, like for like forever. They're like, well, they're just gonna bring it up to court you know, they're just going to revoke it and then, you know, right. send you back home for like three months. We try to find people and all of a sudden like, no, oh, your paper's still at Magistrate's Court. Nothing has happened. We're like, well, you've been telling us every week that they're like, we're getting closer and closer to like a new date. Oh, sorry. We, uh, oops. And then we had to like bring it up to the high court to, yeah. So and then there was just a chaotic situation. And, and in the meantime, we try to figure out how to get home. Right, so, so we started like trying to figure out different ways of, of you know making sense of this, and uh, we were asked to like change child because that might get us back quicker. Oh. We're like, well, it's, it's not like a VCR. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not a Sony guy. I'm, I'm more a Panasonic, right? And we're like, well, we kind of are somewhat attached to this person now after like six months. You know, it's a human. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, thanks for the offer. Uh, but no. Uh, and then at some point we, we looked for like uh, medical records. So, uh, and then we found that she was probably HIV positive, which she shouldn't be because they're not technically allowed to uh, adopt kids that are HIV positive or adopt away or whatever you want to call it. And we're like, okay, well, once again, we're not going to trade her, but we have to like figure stuff out like okay we can give her medication now that she doesn't develop it but that needs to happen now so we need clarity and people are like yeah come back on wednesday and then that turned into like the friday after that so it was just chaotic awesome. thankfully like it was nothing there like it was just a mix-up of records but that was essentially what happened to us like on a day-to-day -day basis we pushed forward our flights home like uh nine times because like yeah like three weeks from now you'll be home packed our bags and then like unpack the bags again. I'm getting goosebumps here because that was not a fun thing. So, like multiple times to like unpack everything, like pack everything. Like, yep, it's tomorrow. And they're like, no. And there were so many other like minor instances here. I'm going to get to the whole CrossFit thing. That gives a bit of backstory. And then like my parents came down twice. No, the first time was my brother, my mom and dad. I got two brothers. And, and. They were like, that was like after like six or seven months, we were still like, ah, oh, this is this is BS, but you know, whatever. 
it was great. And then in the spring, what we saw, like, dude, is like in February. We came there in like July, or actually late June, I think. So yeah, they came back like right before Christmas. They came down, and then they came down again in like March. And then because we planned to like fly home together, because they're like, no, you're going to be home then by, we guarantee it. So I had to once again Gosh. drive my parents to the airport and just say goodbye. And that was, whew, it was a, um, bringing back memories now. It was, that was hard. It was really hard. And the whole, the whole hopelessness of like, like we want to yell and punch people or, or like, I'm not a good puncher. And I don't see how that would help, but like, we couldn't create a fuss. We had to be like friended to people when they were like, and like they had no malicious intent. Like no one, no one were like technically asking for bribes. They were just like, uh, well, I'm really comfortable not really doing anything. So go talk to uh, Steven. And then he, I, like, so, so that's what I did essentially every day. And my wife is way smarter than I am. So she, she, she read up all, you know, the international law and everything, right? But they, uh, it's the, you know, traditional in air quotes uh you know patriarchic society so i'm a man that carries more weight than my wife so i was the one that had to like go talk to people yep i like i set up in the morning with my backpack with all the papers and just standing in line with like and being shuffled around like hey you have to go up to this government building and then walk in the streets in like 107 degrees you know heat and like try to be friendly and like standing in line for like eight hours and then coming home to wife like yep nothing again I'll just do it again tomorrow. So that was essentially, uh, yes. So, so, so that was what I did the majority of the time. And, 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 uh, so at night, my wife went to bed fairly early and Emma's daughter as well. And, and in order to muster some kind of like energy to get back in rejections again and again and again, I stayed up you know, all night essentially and watching old CrossFit uh, videos and reading articles. So I was reading that over and over and over again to like to get my mind off like, the, you know, this stuff, right? So, and so I watched them once. I had like, I still have the hard drive somewhere and I had like, uh, I, I moved them in, in folders, like watched them everything once, twice, three times. And I, I'd read this one again. So I just watch it over and over to like get my mind off. Of the thing we're in because at one point also uh because emma was we were her legal guardians and when she's 19 she can decide what she wants to do yeah you know she's free to leave when she's 19 from zambia as long as she so we thought for a few months that we were actually have to stay there for 19 or 18 years uh if you wanted like to keep her so we're like well yes and we couldn't both leave the country at the same time. So we essentially had to be there and like find jobs in Zambia for 18 and a half years to be able to then, she would be an adult where she can like go to Sweden, apply for citizenship and like live he heavily, happily after. So we're like trying to figure out like, what can we do in Zambia that the pay? And here's another interesting thing there. Like we lived in essentially not a shed, but like it, it was the house, but because there are very few foreigners there and the only foreigners are working for UN. So like we lived in a place where we had water from time to time and, you know, the dust was just blowing in, you know, it's a two room. So it was like, it was a house. We paid uh, $1,300 a month. Oh yes. So we had electricity from time to time. We got water from time to time. 
and uh, like there was, it was, it was uh, yeah, uh, interesting as well. So all of this combined made me watch, you know, CrossFit stuff over and over and over again, right? And 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 Zambia is such a poor country, and I just saw that. Well, if we ever get home from this place, you know, I can't just go back to being a banker. I loved what I was doing, and I thought and I was actually quite good at it. And I, I, I knew I helped people, but I'm like, I can help the world make, you know, become a better place because I'm really not making it better, right? So I need to make the world a better place. I just realized that because they, they were so poor, these people, but they were so friendly to us. Like we hardly ever met any, like they were curious, like why are white people carrying a black child? And sometimes like, why are the guy the white dude carrying a child they're like wow yeah and, and and that was exciting in the beginning but like after nine months being pointed at all the time i know they, they were friendly and super like they thanked us but it was kind of hard to be washed and pointed at, at all the time oh and one time we were walking down the road and then i had a shitty day because people are just like pointing at me and just talking like and calling me hey white dad i'm like god stop it yeah. not right there and we met an old man walk in, like on the street because there were no street lights. So it was essentially like you were walking right by the road and they were driving, drunk driver, you know, all the time. Wrong side of the street as well. So it's fairly confusing. So we're walking and we meet an old man. I'm like, and he, you can see that it's like almost walking to where we would like, he would stop us. And I'm like, I can't deal with another person now. So I was just about to like pass them, like take my wife and him and, and like take him walk around. And, and, and my wife's like, don't stop. I'm like, okay, okay. And the man handed out a flower, like, thank you for what you're doing. I'm like, oh, thank you. And then we try to talk with him. They speak fairly good English, but like we right. stayed there for like maybe 10 seconds. I'm like, thank you very much. I'm like, literally, we keep walking 10 more meters after that. A car flips across the street and would have, we would have been standing where the car just flipped over the street. So if we had not been stopped by that man, this podcast would not have been with me. It, that car was coming down like 60 miles an hour and just flipped. And I'm like, okay, uh, thank you, old man, for giving me a flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's okay. So then uh, I just fucking I I oh, sorry. I'm like, but I, I just become fairly emotional again. I'm like, I can't go back to live that life. I need to make the world a better place. So I'm like, well, I'm I'm not a you know I can't figure out a vaccine to stuff it would be fairly it would come in hinge right now but i'm not a writer that can encourage people to like change the world like the only thing right. i could really do is probably fitness i understand training fairly well and that's probably still in the realm of making the world a better place so i'll, I'll go there and then i'm gonna open a crossfit gym so essentially when eventually when we came home i i i i i quit the bank and i ran into carl another crossfit gym that he was also a corporate dude and he had switched career because he's like, I don't want to spend a, any more hours at any corporate setting. And then we said, let's start a gym. So that's essentially how I came to become that. And that's, that's a very truncated. There, there's actually quite a few stories when I just talk about it. They're like, oh, I thought about that thing. That was also life or a fast situation. Oh, I'll have to bring up one. So you've probably seen the, Ni the Niagara Falls. It's, you know, yep. super famous. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we were there and there's a lot of baboons walking around there because, you know, people feed them and, and uh, you know, right. And 
and they tell them, like, hey, don't feed the animals because they're, they're going to come close. And, like, you can't bring food in because they smell the stuff. So my wife was carrying, like, a, a shoulder bag with Emma's baby formula. Oh. And we're walking there. And, like, and it was, like, in a container. It was, like, everything, right? So we're walking there. And my wife was rocking it. And she had, a, let me see, she had a camera on one side and then the, the bag on the other side. And a baboon attacked her and started pulling on the bag and dragged her across the cliff. So, and then all of a sudden, a man, like another tourist just jumped out. We have it on cameras actually. And then he just chased it down, like started beating it and they just, you know, jumped off. But it was essentially like, oh my God. I don't know, 20, let's say it was like about seven or that's 10 meters. So, you know, that's, you know, 30 feet or something yeah. from the actual cliff, oh. which is like a drop of like forever. So, unless you are really good at, you know, developing wings on the way down, you're pretty dead, right? Right. So that was another quite interesting uh, thing that happened. I just thought of now. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I, I decided to open a gym, right? And yeah. oh, so just I- 11 months in Zambia, near death experiences, um, falling in head over heels in love with a, with a baby and being told, Hey, let's switch. It'll get out of here faster. Wait, that's not how it works. So you guys pretty much had the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, you were risking your lives because of, because of where you were at, just the, the nature of living there, um, risking your careers, risking your income, risking pretty much everything for the love of a child. Um, and you finally make it back and you're not going to do, you're not going to do corporate world anymore. No. So, <laughs> so I, I'm not like, no. uh, and I was super excited. And then I started, uh, you know, at the gym, we got out up to 150 people. I was super excited at what we're doing. Members loved it. And that's a pretty interesting story as well, because you've been to the gym, but we now have uh, at the first gym, because many got two rooms, but the first gym only has like a nine foot ceiling. Right. And we didn't know that when we started that uh, two stories above us is the Red Cross Center for Tortured Refugees. So they're not super excited about dropping barbells. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. So yeah, that was quite interesting when we opened. So, but like... Uh, we, we opened the gym. It was, we were super excited. We were doing well. And like, we were making something that in our, 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 you know, mission vision from the start, it's been to fundamentally improve the health and the quality of life of our members and their families. That's been our core, like vision from the start. And now we, you know, mission is going to be to enable success and measurable results. So that's been like the cool thing from the start. And, and, and I, I was great, but I'm like, if I, I made a promise that if I'm going to make the world a better place, like 150 people of 9 billion is not necessarily going to be enough. It, it's just not, I, I can't look myself in the mirror and say, I'm, I'm doing what I can to change the world. So I'm like, okay, how can I do this better? And we, we had joined Two Brain uh, as, gym, as a gym, right? Right. And I'm like, well, maybe if I can... in indirectly help other people get fitness. So if I can help gym owners as a mentor become better, then I can at least theoretically take that as me making the world a better place. Right. So if I can help a gym owner have a thriving business where he has 150 people that he makes fitter, and I can technically take them as you know part of my job of making the world a better place. And, and I essentially did the same thing with seminar stuff. I'm like, well, maybe I can make, if maybe I can inspire 
uh, trainers or fitness dudes or dudettes uh, to essentially go open up a gym, make it better place for 150 people. So essentially it's like a, a positive pyramid scheme where I'm like, it can have cascading effects. Right. So then I said, like, it, like, obviously I like mentoring people or, or helping other people, but it's more like of a, in order to, 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 you know, to tell his daughter that I'm, I'm doing something, right? It's, I just felt I had to. So I, I interned on seminar stuff and uh, trying to be a mentor at the same time. And yeah, it was quite interesting, but I'm like, that's the way it happened. And I just said that uh, if, if I'm not good enough as a mentor, that's great because that means that there are really good mentors. Some I put my heart into it. And the same for seminar staff. I'm like, if I can't make it, that's awesome. Cause it means that there are people that are better than I am. And, and that's the reason why I still work relatively hard on becoming better because I, I, I kind of wish that someone is going to tell me like, Hey, you're not a good, good enough mentor anymore. And you're not enough. You're not good enough to be a staff. It would suck because I enjoy it, but I know that they would be someone else better than I am at making the world a better place. And then I can go on and probably fix a vaccine or something. So I write a book or like, like Dostoevsky or something. So I, 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 that's essentially a, a, unfortunately truncated story of, of how I got to this place. And um, that's the reason why I'm fairly, I don't like to talk about, you know, passion because passion is, is slightly a bit too uh, emotional for me. I, I want it to be, so I like to talk about purpose. It, it essentially it's the same thing for, yep. but for me, it's, I want to separate it, but like, I, I need to, of course I'm an emotional guy as you can hear right now. And it's, it has a lot of, it carries some emotional weight to it, but purpose to me, I, I think I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm driven by actually making the world a better place, and, and, uh, you know, I might, you know, can I make it better? Of course, there are probably other ways than, than actually being a fitness dude and just uh -huh. mentoring gyms, but I'm like, I, at least I'm trying to live the type of life that are, are, uh, not only inspire people, but make people aspire to be not like me, but find their own like purpose and like make it better. The Level Method helps keep regular folks interested in their fitness for longer because we can show them a specific path and then help them steadily reach their goals safely. It's a total game changer that creates powerful moments they'll never forget. Go to levelmethod.com to find out more. So you, I love your purpose, like, and, and I've heard you talk about your purpose before. In fact, it was the last time I was in Sweden. Um, you and Carl talked a lot about it and it was, it was, it was impressive because I think a lot of people will come up with a vision that is, um, maybe sometimes a little shallow, you know, it's, it's, it's surrounding them and their family, which is beautiful. It's not shallow. It's beautiful because if we can raise a great family and do the right things and, and I don't want to undermine the power of that or anything, but I, but I've always noticed that you guys speak of a, of a vision that is quite greater than most people would see. How is that? How has that motivated you? How is that 
um, moved you forward? Uh, I think it brings clarity uh, on, on, on stuff. It, it makes, uh, it not necessarily makes decisions easier, but it makes uh, taking action easier. Like life isn't easy and, and, and God knows for this year. Uh, it's, it's been hard, uh, but it, it's, the, you know, it's the right thing to do. And right. And, 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 and to come back, I'm, I'm like, I've always been, you know, we're, as a, as a nation, we're fairly stoic at, at, at we are a stoic culture. Right. And, and I've, I've read a lot of stoic since I was fairly young and, and, and like that. And then I remember it's going to bring it back. So when we, like the second time when my parents came down to Zambia, my dad is super stoic. Right. He, he's, he's, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't cry, but he, you know, he's, it's emotional, he's emotional, but, but in a, you know, slightly more traditional way. Right. And I remember sitting there on a couch before they were going to go off to the airport. And I'm like, I, I, I was crying so hard. I couldn't breathe. Right. And I'm like, and then, excuse me, water. and then we sat there and, 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 and then my dad was crying so hard. He could hardly breathe. And I'm like, I remember saying, like, dude, I just want to be like five again, so you can just come in and save me. Because I can't do it anymore. And like, and then he stopped in the middle of his crying and looked at me like, Well, I'm glad it's happening to you because you're gonna get through it. And then you're gonna be able to go out and, and help other people because of this. And I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm happy it's happening to me then, I guess. Because it's gonna make me stronger. It's gonna, it's gonna make it easier for me. Dude, I'm I'm from one of the richest countries in the world. I grew up in a upper middle class. I dude, I, everything I've done is super easy to me. I'm, I, I read stuff. It sticks. I was really good at sports. I had a lot of friends. I had a super simple life, right? But it's it's made me make it easier for me to, I I guess hopefully it makes it easier for me to understand what people are struggling, and it makes it even easier for me to like look at, well, how can that guide me in the process for me to help people, regardless if that's in fitness or in like life or in, in, in business, they kind of all like come together. So even though Carl has a slightly different reason for why it, we still believe like that. We, we said that from the start, we want to fundamentally improve and we can't just like health and fitness. Like what does it mean? Well, we want to like, we want to do it at a deeper level. And that means that we need to keep our members around for probably more than five years if we're going to talk about fundamental change. So everything we do is trying to be like long-term and we need staff to commit to that. We need to talk to clients about that. And that's the reason why we met up the first time because we believe the level message can make it easier for us to say to someone like this is the path for your next 40 years we only have a month-to-month contract but from our perspective we're we're thinking about this like we are gonna be your you know fitness cicero that takes you down this path for the next 40 50 years and that makes that makes decisions easier because we know what the long-term uh end or like uh path is yeah yeah so you i i love your passion i love your vision i'm gonna call you know uh, um your your purpose not not passion purpose it's the same thing but yeah yeah um and 
So I mentioned earlier, I've been to your gym and I met some of your members. I'm, I'm one that obviously sticks out incredibly like ma major in my mind is John. Oh. The first time I ever was introduced to John was not face to face, not really introduced, but the first time I saw him is you made a post on social media about this is John and he, he achieved a level. This is very early level method very early and um and john is not john <laughs> john will make you cry if you talk to john yeah 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 this is yeah it's it's he it's is, an interesting thing there sorry god yeah so he's been an absolute inspiration i mean like i've told his story i don't know how many times because people will say oh well i have this member and i'm like hey look let me tell you a story yeah it, yeah it, it, it can't and get that's it like, no. Like, oh, oh, really? Well, let's let's talk about uh, a, a gentleman I I got to meet when I was in Sweden. Let's talk about who can't do what. So, um, for our listeners, why don't you give them a, a short version of John's story? Yeah. So, like, just like anyone else would say, like, well, you know, CrossFit or our type of fitness, they know it's for everyone. We're doing it to improve life, and that's a shallow thing to say, right? And and then a few years ago. Uh, someone emailed us and said, hey, my name is John. I'm 40, uh, say 45 by then or something. I've, I've had Parkinson's more than half of my life. Uh, I'm essentially in a, a electric wheelchair. Uh, and I don't have that much longer to live because I've had cancer twice. And I just lost my wife to cancer. And uh, I'm a super social guy, but Parkinson is making me very, I have to stay at home essentially. And um, I've been doing, you know, cleans and stuff at, you know, a global gym. But, you know, if I don't have too many more, it's, I think doctors had like six months back then. Like if it's six more months, I'm going to try the CrossFit thing because, you know, I need community. We're like, sure, uh, we believe, we say it's CrossFit for everyone, but now let's see if we can put, you know, the money where the mouth is, right? Yeah. So we invited him and Carl, like, dude, I, don't know. I've never worked at anyone Parkinson's, but like, we're going to treat you like you're anyone else. We're going to yell at you and we're going to like, see if, you know, we're going to treat you like anyone else. And, uh, and uh, it's rough in the beginning. Like it's to the point where he looks like he's super, super drunk when he's walking. He essentially has no control of left side and you can barely hear him talk because of, of, of his friend Parkinson, Mr. Parkinson's. Right. Uh, but this is like three and a half years later and he was given like six months to live and like he's still alive. And his like neurologist said, he goes on yearly checkups. So it's like, John, are you faking your Parkinson's? <laughs> because he is, he's, he's reversed some of the, the symptoms that you shouldn't be able to like improve on. Now he's getting worse and worse. And he's probably like, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's going to unfortunately end his life fairly soon, but like he, he bought this and he's leveling up, dude, he did, Five reps, and obviously quarantine is not good for. Oh, sorry, the Corona thing is not good for him because he's at risk. So, yeah, but he's doing PT with one of of our coaches, and at not so he's he's lost a lot of weight as well. But he's not more than like 120 pounds now. No, right. it's not less than that. Now it's like 110 ish. He he did uh, five on. Let me see. He did five. Yeah, he did five on like. 90 kilos, which is like close to 200 pounds. On deadlift? Yes. Five. <laughs> he's, he's, 
when you see him, he's in a in an assisted wheelchair, fully fully assisted. I mean, this this is not someone you'd say, oh, he's going to get up and do five deadlifts. This, in my understanding, is that he has an overall level, and every single level has been earned. Yes. yes. No excuses. No. Uh, and and uh, we make him do all the other stuff. So he has this like claw. So that would technically be because he can't hang with the left arm. Right. So it's like a claw that he like hooks to the bar, but he's doing pull-ups now. Right. And same with like deadlifts and cleans and and uh, like API is hard because some like he can't jump, so he has to sit up in that one. Yep. But uh, he has to do more wall balls and uh, and uh, hang power cleans instead. Yeah, and you know I you probably don't need to be told this, but impact. Your, your, your purpose is to impact a large, like the way you mention it, it's impacting a large sum of people, a large number of people. And by being a CrossFit staff seminar or a seminar staff, you are doing that because for it, it is like a pyramid. Every person you touch goes out and has the possibility of improving hundreds of lives. And, and that grows and it grows and it grows because you know that one CrossFit gym will generate another one or two CrossFit gyms. It's just the way it works. So no doubt in my mind, you've reached that. I love that you don't think you have, because that just means you're going to keep driving. But in sheer numbers, you almost can't achieve the impact you've achieved in one person's life who was given six months. And then now is years later, undoubtedly, undoubtedly because of what John has received and given as a member of CrossFit Manise. Um, he's given probably people purpose, passion, um, energy. Like, like I, I have zero excuses. I have zero. So, and I think that's a great point. Like we use him, we use him both ways. Like we obviously treat him like anyone else. We yell at him and go, Hey, go lower. You can do it. But it's such a cool thing when like, Hey, you know, I know you want to like fake tie your shoes right now, but look there in the corner. John is doing air squats and he's suffering just as bad as you are, right? And people are like, holy shit, I have to do the same thing, right? And then you walk over to him, you know, John, hey, get up on the assault bike. I don't care if you got Parkinson's, you still need to work your ass off as well. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, that's, and you, you know, the same thing you have like the CEO and you have like the cleaner. We have the same theory here, physical ability. And like, it's such an imp- inspiring thing that you can like bring that. And it comes like to fitness, right? We, freaking working out but it's like and, and twice he has crossfit essentially saved his life because he was like he goes up at night and he was falling in the kitchen but he had the strength to block his head because he was going to bump the head on the ledge happens twice i think he broke the arm once but he was strong enough to like get the arm up and and save his face and then i'm like god i'm like yeah yeah it's it's an it's an incredible story it's an absolute incredible story. And, and I don't, I, you know, I didn't actually plan on bringing it up, but when you think about impact, there's varying levels of impact. There's impact on individuals. There's impact on masses. So the, the next thing I know, Carl and Oscar are calling me, telling me, Hey, Scott, we need to set up another level method account because we're adding a new gym. Um, well, we won't talk about the fact this is pre COVID like, literally pre-COVID, like month before <laughs> COVID. But um, why, why another gym? It's 
like it's yeah, it was actually a good question. We're like we're doing fairly well. We can essentially step back and just enjoy fitness. I'm yeah. like, we we're then we're not doing enough. Like one, we would we would drive our, drive our staff crazy and our GM Emma because we would like be there destroying stuff that she's trying to fix. So for the sanity of her, we have to step away. But also, like we're not done. Like we we have to make keep making progress on improving people's health and fitness right and and that commitment like it doesn't stop with one gym in our case and we also want to give the opportunity for more people to give this gift to people so we need we want more staff people and and like there's there's enough people for us to help so we unfortunately we're gonna we're gonna call you soon again i guess like we need to open a third location and a fourth and a fifth because we're not done. And it's, it's, it's like, I, if I wanted to make money again, I'm like, I can go back and I have all the suits, just like Batman. I have my suit in the closets. I can do that stuff, but I'm, I can get money there, but it's, it's like, it doesn't make me jump out of bed in the morning. Like it doesn't give me the, 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 I can't look my daughter in the eye. It's, it's, I just can't. So, um, you haven't closed the doors to Sikla brand new. You haven't closed the doors. So you're doing something right because you, you launched that COVID and pandemic and lockdowns and, you know, um, everything and yep. possibility of future lockdowns and, and restrictions. Um, how's it going? It's honestly good. It's going really well. Yeah. We are, we're thriving. Uh, it's, it's dude, I have a bed at the gym. So and, and like, like in our lives, when we opened it, we, we planned on bringing all the staff in, but we didn't want to, we didn't want to attract people from other jobs to the risk of like having them join the gym and then be like, uh, dude, we can't, uh, we can't provide you with, with, with clients. So essentially the entire spring, Carl and I was doing everything. And to the point where I think I spent like 111 days in a row working at some capacity. And I enjoyed it. I still was getting, you know, decent amount of sleep and i made sure that i spent time with my family because that's the priority but then essentially it was the gym because we thought we got to going out of you know business essentially every day so i had a, i had a bed at the gym that i used to not sleep overnight but like multiple times we're doing between personal training clients you just you know took a nap uh but we're thriving we are really profitable we got uh uh three full-time staff members there and then four uh part-time so in total between the two gyms we probably have like 22 staff right now and and uh we would we keep growing every day yeah that's amazing i i know that you and carl have a lot to do with the success of sequela during this uh time but What's the big thing? I, I know the answer. What's the big thing that kept you from closing? Because you were thinking about it. Yeah, it's like if if we give them these people who are going to help them, like we have to. It's and 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 I hope there's even though it doesn't really matter. I don't think there's ego about it. Like these people could technically help them somewhere else, but I'm like we've 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 made a commitment to make the world a better place. And like, you just can't stop. And and I think we're actually doing a decent job. I, I think we are, and we have this proof for it because 
when we talk about measurable results, we, we, we use the level method. We have in body, we have, we sit down and talk to members to figure out what they're doing. And they tell us that they're, you know, they're still in, in you know, they're still, they, they fix their marriage because of, they, they, dude, we're doing thrusters and burpees. We're not that important. But like we have at least a part in their keeping their family. We've had members this year tell us, hey, I've, I've, because of strength you've given me, I've left a really abusive marriage. Like we have people off medication. So like it would be way too egotistical to give up. Like, yeah, it's your, your it's, purpose is so much bigger than the struggle than the day. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, so, so because of that, you know, it's like, and, and, and I have no ego in it. Like if, 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 if once again, if, if someone down the street can do a better job, people should go there. And if I can find another way to make uh, a greater impact on the world, I'm going to do it. So there, there's no, like, I take no pride in it. And I think I'm proud of what we're doing, but I don't have any, like, I'm not going to go down with it. And the same thing with, you know, seminar staff or being a mentor, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep making sure that I, I'm going to be hard to kick out because, <laughs> because I, I and, and, and that's probably where it comes out. Like I, I, I need to be able to wash my daughter in the eye and say, well, I, I made, a, I think I made the world better today. Like, that's a big I, like, like I haven't talked about this for probably two weeks or so, just, but it comes up from time to time. And it's, I, I, it still gets, it's hard. Or it's, it's, it's easy to talk about, but it's, it brings back so many emotions and, and then it makes it easier to like, well, it's because it's not about me. It's about them. Yeah. So yeah, that's a long, long answer to like, it's easy because I, I just have to do it because I genuinely care about making the world a better place. Wow. All of that from how did you get started in CrossFit? And, and I, going back, the time you spent, I mean, it was birthed. You, you got to kind of look at this like in a, in a big cycle, kind of like a, like how it unfolds. This was all birthed out of your undying love and commitment to a little girl. You, you, <laughs> you go to Zambia and you have all this time and you study, study, study. You probably know, knew CrossFit methodology verbatim. I mean, you could probably verse it. I mean, you, someone say, hey, what? And you'd be a little bit right from the journal. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so it was birthed, all these things birthed from an experience of going way out of your way and, uh, and, and doing whatever it took to, to essentially improve a little girl's life. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. So, um, and I met your daughter. She's full of joy. She's very, very awesome. And you guys, uh, I know, cause I've seen her. And, and every time I've been with you and she's around, it's like, oh, we got to go. We just, we're going here to do this. It's all about experiences. She's experiencing the world. It's incredible. Um, so it's, it's very, very uh, inspiring. Um, so I got a chance. This is, this is replicating itself because I, I put out a little thing on Facebook the other day. I, hey, I need, some, I need some testimonies from coaches. 
And like right away, Aaron, one of your coaches, Hey, I got a story to tell. She jumped on it the next day and recorded a podcast episode with me. Give, 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 give. I mean, and that's um, evident. When I visited CrossFit Medice, you could be, you know, 10, 20 meters away from the door. Someone walks in and they're greeted with you. You're very like, hey, and you knew who they were and you're high, you know, you are impacting the world. What gives you the energy? Like, I, you know, that's a lot of energy every day. Give, 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 give. It's, it's obviously it's, 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 it's a very, it's, it feels good to, to receive. Uh, it, it feels good to give because you see you're making a difference. Someone, thank you. It's, 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 it makes short term. It's a great feeling when someone thanks you, right? And that's the reason why I'm I'm I'm, I'm being sought as like as a relentless coach, like because I I I want I'm craving you to say thank you. I'm not gonna give up until you say thank you, even if I have to like be on your effort for quite some time because I need that. Because it just comes back to the thing, like it's I I I just need to make the world a better place, and it's it's like it's it's it might sound like something people just say or like do, but it's it's it's. I have an amazing life. It's not bad, but it's it's just it just makes my life so much easier when I just have to be like, well, I have I only have one chance to mess this up, and then I won't be able to help you. So, like you you can be you can be you can be great, but if you just one thing, you meet the favorite client that generally you can talk shit with, and you're not finely tuned to that day to how their demeanor where if their shoulders are slouching or their head is down if you're not picking that up you might be saying the wrong stuff where they say screw it i'm leaving and i've missed the opportunity to to fix them or fix them help make the world a better place so it, it's just obvious that it's the right thing to do mm, that's awesome all right so um i'm gonna step out of the <laughs> emotional stories because these have been uh, incredible. Like I, I have a feeling we could go on with this for hours and um, you, you know, there's a reason that the level method team took notice of Oscar and Carl early on. Um, I remember you Oscar as the guy running across the room um, in that CrossFit gym, CrossFit and living in, in um chicago like level method you know it was like you were just stoked you were just like like happy and it made everyone else happy so why why level method why level method for crossfit medis like it comes back to that you know in, in order for us to to prove that we are fundamentally because we look at when we talk about health and quality of life for health for our case it's like it's biomarkers, the in body or fitness, like you friend time or 5k or number of pushups, right? That's how we look at health. And then quality of life is how you take your fitness and apply that to life. Cause we don't necessarily care about your quality, your, your capacity in the gym. It's how you, whatever you do with that stuff outside, because that's, that's really what matters to us. And we've always going that way. Like we don't want to be 
you know, well, off the internet, I heard that the paleo diet is better than this one. Why? Because, you know, whatever reason. So we, we want to be able to say, like, this is the right thing to do because X, Y, Z. I can prove that what I'm doing is good. I'm not saying that it's best because I don't necessarily care about that. I just want to be able to say what I'm doing gives results. And we say we need measurable results. We used to have measurable results before enable success. But Nathan and I talked about, you know, the power of moments a few years ago. Where I like the concept so much, but I'm like, it's honestly more important for us to someone to feel successful than actually getting like, oh, I, I now I'm faster or, or, or jump higher or something. So the feeling is more important than the actual result. But we can't just base on, we can't just be cheerleaders and making people feel awesome because at some point they're going to say, I'm not losing weight. My back is still hurting. I still can't do a pull-up. So we need results. And that's where level method came to us that we can say, we can point. You're here. You want to go there. This is a path. Just listen to me. Follow what I'm telling you, and then I will get you there. And that's the that's the sole purpose that we we uh, uh, like it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, it, it, that was another thing that was kind of revolutionary for me in helping um, other gyms as I onboarded them, help them do a good job. Was visiting and watching your coaches put it into action, where it was such an integral part in, like. It's always, always referring to the map. I mean, it's right. The, the, this is, this is the way this, these are the steps you're doing this workout. This is what you need to pay attention to. It was just, it was incredible to watch. It was, it was incredible to see. And um, you and Carl are leading with such great strength. I think the, the um, strong purpose is uh, communicable. Um, you know, people, people, catch it. And it's, it's, it's incredible. And I, I just want to publicly lift the two of you up for the impact you are making, um, in, in the world, not just in Sweden, not just in Stockholm, but in the world. And, uh, a few, a few last questions. Um, one is, is lighter than the other. Number one, the, the lighter one, will you keep building new gyms? Will you keep adding new gyms? Yes. The next one, I ask everybody that comes on this podcast, um, would you pass the bus test? If you and Carl were taken from this world, would your business go on without you? Yes, for a significant time it would. We have written down our, 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 our uh, we've McDonald's defied our business fairly well. Now, I, I think that as a business mentor, I'm going to, you know, riff about it for a few seconds, yes. it's going to be hard to, to like, our, our staff is phenomenal, like in terms of, you know, what they're doing. You, you talk about Aaron's super, super passionate. All of our staff are, but I, 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 I think it's hard when we talk to gym owners, it's like, Hey, I want to bring up the business is you going to run an autopilot by itself and be as profitable. Like I make sure that the kettlebells are in place every single time, like specific, perfect. I make sure I take out the trash even if it's full, but it doesn't say that we should take it out today. I'm doing the minor things. I spend a few extra minutes and that's not because our staff is not phenomenal. They're doing everything expected of them, but this is, this is deeper. And they have this very way deeper than just, Hey, you know, trade time for money. They're phenomenal. They're empathetic and caring and believe in what we're doing. They can recite the majority of, 
of our values and mission vision to us. But, but this is at the core of my being, right? This, this, this is the fabric of my DNA. And, and that's where I think is going to be hard if Carl and I stepped away and did not communicate with our staff. It would be hard. We would still do a good job, probably better job. Our staff would be way better job than the majority of other gyms in town. But our members would over time probably see a slight difference because Carl and I can be there. We can sit there with our members and cry and say like, I know it doesn't really matter to you if the the you know the lid of the toilet's folded down, but it matters to me because if I give a member a reason to quit, I have failed on my daughter, mm. and I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's an, a really really good delineation because there's operations to stay in 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 business, but there's always this driving a, a little extra driving force in ownership, in in and in owning the legacy that that business is, is bringing and creating. So it's, it, you guys are the legacy and you're passing that legacy on. Um, and, and you were, you started it, you're the driving force of it. And that that's irreplaceable. I agree. I agree. Well, Oscar, I, um, thank you so much for spending your evening talking with, uh, telling your story to other gym owners. I know that they will, um, they will get a lot from this. So I really appreciate your time, my man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. All right, listeners, uh, probably not a dry eye in the audience. Hope not. Um, I know I, I have some allergies lately, so my eyes were a little wet. But uh, but anyway, thank you so far, so much for listening to this episode of the Gym Mastery Podcast. Uh, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button. Uh, listen into epic stories from amazing people about business and life and why we do this thing called owning gyms and um, spreading fitness. If you have not hit the bullet and checked out Level Method, levelmethod.com, it's the, uh, uh, just go right on there and hit discovery. You can have a chat with uh, me or someone else about what Level Method can do for your business. If you are a gym member and um, want to find a Level Method gym, www.levelmethod.com slash directory. If you are in Sweden, if you are going on a trip in your favorite rocket ship, make sure you drop in to CrossFit Mideast or Sequa. It is an experience you will never forget. I promise you. It is incredible. And we'll have all the details for how to get a hold of those, these amazing guys. Um, and, uh, you know, two brain, uh, two brain business, which Oscar mentors for, as well as, um, CrossFit, um, we'll, we'll leave all of that in the show notes. So just kind of go back after you listen to this, pop into the show notes, and there'll be links for everything that you could des desire that was discussed in here today. It's for finding your own purpose. So make sure you go find your own purpose and make sure it's huge. Have a great day.